You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we are back with a, we're not going to call it an instant reaction podcast because we're not recording this immediately after Tyler Van Dyke has announced he's staying at Miami. Um, but we are going to make this kind of, you know, relatively quick podcast, I guess I would say, as we, Gabby got a taste of just what what modern college football kind of is going to be about here in the future, uh, you know right now in the present as well. Um, so for anyone that didn't follow this closely, um, you know, I'll say this on the front end, like I, I understand like, and I don't, I even Gabby, I struggle to even call this tampering because is it tampering? Sure. But it, also at the end of the day, these guys aren't employees and there's no like collective bargaining going on. So like, is it really tampering if another school kind of back channels to a player at another school? So let's just say like Tyler Van Dyke was fielding some interest from other programs, one of which we kind of know was Alabama. And so, you know, again, Tyler never said, I intend to enter the portal. Tyler Tyler never, of course, entered the portal. And so how, and it got out publicly, and so how do we end up handling this at InsideTheU.com? How do we report on this? Is it news? Kind of, sort of, yeah. Um, you know, I think there definitely was something to him. You know, I think it's a two-folded thing, Gabby. Alabama's at play, sniffing around your quarterback. And, you know, Tyler wanted to improve his NIL deals. Welcome to the new age of college football. So let's just start here, Gabby, and let's have a timeline of, of events as we understand them. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at Torres Lionel one, the number one at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. This hits your radar, I would say, what, Wednesday night, maybe 4 35 o'clock, and let's yeah. just take it from there. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time I kind of caught wind of all this. Is again, I, yeah, I would say like Wednesday evening. And I feel like, you know, kind of went through the appropriate channels of trying to like see what was going on here. And, uh, you know, again, th this was something that it felt like even before then that they had been kind of dealing with. Like, I don't think that this started on Wednesday. 
Uh, I think that this is something that maybe even started earlier in the week. Like, I, I mean, maybe as far back as Monday where this started becoming a thing kind of internally and it started kind of, you know, bubbling up a little bit Wednesday afternoon. And I Ramped think, by, I think yeah. by Wednesday night, there was already kind of, you know, the news circulating a little bit that the Alabama was chasing Tyler Van Dyke and Tyler Van Dyke might hit the transfer portal and all those different types of things. And it, it was crazy. I mean, I was pretty stunned when I kind of first got the news of it. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. Again, this is one of those situations where it's just like, how do you, how do you handle this? How do you kind of protect yourself from this? Uh, where do you kind of go from here? Are you about to lose your starting quarterback uh, post spring football? Like, I mean, it's, it's just absolutely nuts. I mean, so yeah, I guess Wednesday evening, I would say, was the first time we caught wind of it. But I think, again, this is something that they had been dealing with for at least a couple of days prior to that. So I think on Wednesday, you know, at that point, it was kind of all hands on deck. Uh, it was the 100% primary focus of Mario Cristobal at that time to figure this situation out. I think it's fair to say they really believed internally that Alabama was a threat uh, in terms of being able to convince Tyler to go in the portal and eventually land at Alabama. Uh, again, Miami believed that internally. Um, and so, you know, we sat on it. We're not going to, like, we hesitate to put this portal rumor stuff out there until either a player announces he intends to enter the portal or, he, you know, his name pops up in the portal. Then it's fair game, right, to, to talk about a player transferring, I think, because my view on it is I think it's unfair to a player if they haven't done those two things. It's unfair to hit. It's a tough decision that they're making. And it's unfair to the, the current, you know, player. The perception of them is going to change immediately with the fan base, et cetera. Nonetheless, uh, his name started to leak publicly, you know, later that Wednesday night. And once that happened, it was just kind of like, ugh. like, I know from my perspective, like I've been doing this so long that I know what that means for the next 36 to 48 hours in terms of this is going to turn into a mess that we now have to address. And so when that happened, you know, again, well, I didn't say initially like, yes, I, I can confirm it's Tyler Van Dyke. But I did say, because at first it just kind of leaked out that a prominent player is, is being pursued by other programs. So I said, yeah, it's true. Uh, we're monitoring the situation. Then it leaks out where Tyler gets named. And then, you know, we didn't really touch it. But then in the morning, you know, we have to address it in some way. And Gabby, you said, you know, you know yeah, we can confirm it to him. It's something we're monitoring. Miami's working their way through it on Thursday morning. Then later that morning, you had heard some other developments. Take us through that. Yeah, I mean, just that morning, it just kind of, you know, popped up on my radar that, again, Miami was trying, Miami was not trying to lose Tyler Van Dyke. I think that they were taking this extremely seriously, uh, the fact that he was going to leave. And again, you know, I think, uh, you know, so his representation and, uh, you know, Miami's, you know, NIL, you know, heavy hitters. I think that, you know, mm -hmm. were, they were basically scheduled to have a meeting at some point uh, there on Thursday. And, uh, you know, again, I think that that meeting went a long way towards, 
you know, eventually, you know, keeping Tyler Van Dyke in Miami. David, I know you reported that, you know, he's coming back on a, on a revised NIL deal, uh, you know, shortly after the university, you know, announced themselves that Tyler Van Dyke was coming back, which is wild that you have to kind of make a public, it wasn't really a statement, but just kind of like a public notice. Acknowledgement. That, yeah. Acknowledgement that your quarterback who's not in the transfer portal is coming back to be your quarterback, uh, you know, less right. than a week after the spring game, just wild times. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, again, I think that this was something that they were working diligently towards fixing. And I think, uh, you know, again, Tyler's representation, the Rosenhaus sports, uh, that group. And then, you know, again, the people who are, are funding Miami, Miami's NIL efforts uh, got together. And I think, you know, they came to, to an agreement and, uh, you know, again, Tyler Van Dyke, and that meant Tyler Van Dyke staying in Miami. So, um, you know, that was a, that, I think that was a, a big win for Miami. You can't afford to lose your quarterback. The timing was extremely awkward and unideal in, in a ton of different ways. But I think the bottom line was that Miami wanted Tyler Van Dyke really, really badly to stay. Uh, and, you know, again, a lot's riding, I think, on this 2023 season. And uh, losing your quarterback post-spring practice is not the move. So um, they, they did what they had to do to keep him. And, uh, again, that's a big deal. Attention business owners. I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. Yeah, Mario, let it be known that this needs to get done. We got to figure this out. And the money people got it done, figured it out. I will say, you know, even like once the meeting was wrapped up, there wasn't an immediate sense of like, okay, he's coming back. Uh, there was an uneasiness, there was a frustration, but I think maybe an hour, a couple hours passed and Tyler's people let it be known, okay, he's decided to stay. So this was a real situation where, you know, I don't think it was just an NIL money grab. I do think it's fair to say, don't you, Gabby, that Tyler had a decision to make ultimately between Miami and Alabama. Yeah, I, I think that's really what it comes down to. And yeah, I think it's, you know, in this time, it's easy to just say, oh, you know, if you give me X amount of dollars, I'll stay. But I mean, the way that it was kind of presented, I mean, really, I think ultimately Tyler Van Dyke had to make a decision. Like, do I want to play football at the University of Alabama or do I want to play, play football at the University of Miami? And yeah, you know, sure, you know, definitely a revised NIL deal helped, uh, you know, Miami, helped Miami retain him, keep him. In Coral Gables, but again, I think he is—he's you know, a quarterback. He wants to play in the NFL. Alabama has produced multiple first-round quarterbacks. Alabama's, you know, back-channeling basically uh, to you know say that you know you can basically come be our quarterback. Their spring game's not even till Saturday. I don't think they—they they still have a quarterback situation they're sort of working on. 
But, you know, I, I don't think that this was just like, hey, give me more money or this was a play to get more money from Miami. Sure, I think it resulted that way. But I think really Tyler Van Dyke had to make a decision about playing at Miami or playing at Alabama. And look, I think that there is something to be said about the fact that he did choose to stay at the University of Miami. Like, again, this is this is all very real. This wasn't just like, a, oh, let's throw Alabama in here to see if, you know, they'll bite on giving me more money. Like, no, like he could have very easily. It. Yeah, yeah Miami he, believed it. Miami 100% believed that he would, he, he that Tyler Van Dyke was prepared to leave to Alabama. And yes, they had to do what they had to do to kind of make him stay. But I think even at, let's say, this figurative number, we're not going to just talk about all that stuff. But like really still even at this revised NIL deal situation, he still had to ultimately choose. Like, do I want to play Alabama for this or at Miami with this? And he did choose Miami. Again, I think that they're like in Tyler Van Dyke's defense, despite the fact that maybe this was kind of a messy situation, not ideal publicly. Uh, it kind of got bad publicly, you know, again, perceptionally, all that stuff. But really, at the end of the day, he did choose to play at the University of Miami over the University of Alabama. And I think, again, that's something that, uh, you know, I think that's something that should be, you know, said on his behalf. So next, I want to just go like, do we have an issue with all of this? Because this is kind of still, I mean, this is all changing rapidly in the grand scheme of things at co- in the college football world. Do we have an issue with this? Um, you know, pros, cons on, on all parties, right? Because you have Tyler, you have Tyler's representation, you have the university. And so I just want to go through the pros and cons, maybe how we see it, because uh, there's, there's a you know, a positive and a negative, I think, with all of this, this situation, the new normal in college football, college athletics. So the first pro, I think that's worth, I mean, it's obvious, but Miami gets to keep their quarterback. Bottom line, I don't, you know, you can't, this spring window is not a time that you want to be quarterback shopping. Uh, If Tyler had left, could, you know, could Miami have found someone potentially, but right now as things stand in, you know, in the portal players in the portal. Now there's right now, no one better than Tyler Van Dyke in the portal. No one, even the same level in my opinion as Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, so that's the starting point of, okay, if you lose Tyler, what are you going to replace him with? I am a believer in Jakari Brown. I think listeners know that can tell that can feel that. Um, but I don't think it's ideal for him and his development to put him as the starting quarterback this year. Uh, So it would have been a mess at quarterback if Miami had lost him. And so regardless of all the money talk, because, you know, I I understand, I'll say this too, Gabby, like gen genuinely, like I know the fans like talking about life wallet and, you know, NIL and the money stuff. I don't enjoy talking about this. And that's why, quite frankly, on this podcast, we don't talk about it. I prefer talking about ball. I prefer talking about talent acquisition, roster management, roster construction, player development, actual games. That's what I like to talk about. Uh, Now, I understand this is all very important as well in this new era of college football. And when we have to talk about it, I'm here to talk about it. Uh, But in general, the bottom line is, to me, Miami kept their quarterback. They found a way to get that done. 
Yeah, no, I think, and I think that there's a lot that, again, I think that that's what matters most is that Miami kept Tyler Van Dyke and that that's not something, again, what does it look like? And yeah, maybe there's no quarterbacks in the portal now, but uh, you know, on the other side of that, like what, who gets attracted to that Miami job if there is an opening, but still, that's not the time on the calendar that you want. We don't know that. We don't yeah, know exactly. We don't. We don't. And it would have been a situation that would it would have been extremely stressful. It would have been high pressure. It would have been, again, attracting other transfer portal players here would have been more difficult because it's just like, am I going to come to I'll a say team this. that doesn't have a quarterback? I think they would have figured it out, right? If Tyler yes. had left, they would have figured something out. So I'm not saying they're striking out on For quarterbacks, sure. but at the same time, how long has receiver been a key position of need? Yeah in the transfer portal and they haven't Still, been able to, right. to get one. So even with everything kind of being in place throughout the spring and even with yeah. the new offense and the OC, all that fun stuff that they've done to kind of, you know, highlight how, you know, active this offense is going to be, especially in the passing game, it's still been a struggle. So imagine if you're going through a quarterback search, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been fun. And yeah, I agree, David, I think that they would have figured it out and all that type of stuff. And again, and I think, considering Miami's NIL position and where they're at, the fact that it's Miami and it's a quarterback job, it's an open power five quarterback job in the ACC. Again, I think someone will back up uh, whatever the case may be. I think someone could have looked at that situation and been like, Hey, you know what? That's, that's a situation worth jumping into the portal and, you know, rolling the dice on because maybe I get on the field a year sooner, but again, that's not the time to do this. You, You go quarterback shopping. Ideally, if you really need to in December, like, you know, or if you maybe you need yeah. a backup or whatever, but December is a time for that. And I think just considering the importance of the quarterback position, doing that in May and having to deal with that in May is it, it would have been a huge issue. So I think really the only thing that matters here is that Tyler Van Dyke is a quarterback at the University of Miami. He will be in 2023. And, you know, whatever the quarterback situation is after that, uh, you know, I think there's a different time to deal with that. But I'm really, really glad that they're not dealing with it here in in late april like with dealing eight with more days stuff. so yeah. eight the portal is open for eight more days it yeah. would have been try and either push someone in the portal in the next eight days convince someone to go in the port you know it would have been like you said high stress i think they would have figured it out but it's just not ideal no this episode is also brought to you by midway sports your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs located just two miles south of the university of miami This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids' selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. Another pro, I think, you know, I think there's, you touched on this, Gabby, but I think you can spin in some ways. Look, Alabama made a little run at our quarterback. And we were able to keep them. It's never bad, in my opinion, from an NIL perspective to kind of pump your chest out a little bit and and flex that ability to compensate your student athletes that deserve to be compensated at fair market value. Um, I want to say this. This is a little bit of a tangent, uh, you know, with Miami and NIL. I think this is a pro as well. So. I know I've talked about it. I know I've written about it, but obviously, you know, look, I'm going to be real. This isn't like the biggest platform in the world. Uh, But I think there is now becoming an awareness, a general awareness out there of Miami's other 
uh, collective, the Keynes Connection, which has been in place now uh, for more than a year, uh, kind of early on in the uh, Mario Cristobal tenure, this group was, was starting to get formed. And so the Keynes Connection, look, we all know John Ruiz and Life Wallet have been very generous and a vital part here in this early going of the Mario Cristobal era and of this new era of college football where student athletes can be compensated via NIL. Everyone around the program acknowledges he has significantly helped. I don't think anyone around the program would say anything bad about John Ruiz. I won't say anything bad about John Ruiz, you know, in, in relation to how he has helped Miami's athletic department. In terms of John Ruiz and Life Wallet, that's all I care about personally. So, uh, you know, as a follower of Miami sports, I don't think he's done anything wrong as far as I know. He has come through with all his commitments in terms of paying players. And my understanding is he's still expected to come through with his commitments in the future. So all of that is great. Um, but I think it's also fair to say that, you know, if if you have any awareness of maybe the financial situation with Life Wallet, which I don't really want to go into, uh, but what's being reported, I guess, out there, it, you know, I think there is a reality that maybe John Ruiz isn't going to be, I, I still think he's going to be involved, and I still think he's going to give a healthy, generous amount to the Miami Athletic Department, but is it going to be as much? I think it's going to scale back a little. And so that's where this Keynes Connection Group steps up to the plate. And I think they, you know, this is an example of how they have helped retain an important talent. Um, you know, this again, this, this group has been in place as a contingency plan from day one. Uh, the, and now, you know, with the new state laws, the university can somewhat deal directly with these collectives. Um, and again, why does this matter? Because in recruiting, Gabby, you know this, in recruiting, perception is reality. And if the perception is that Life Wallet is in trouble financially, and so as a result of that, Miami's NIL is going to dry up, Miami's NIL is in trouble. I've already seen plenty of hot takes, uh, you know, months ago on this situation when the life wallet stuff started to pop up. And, uh, you know, that's just not the case. And so I, I do think if I'm Miami, I'm trying to do a better job moving forward of the messaging of, hey, Miami's NIL situation is going to be in good shape. This Keynes Connection Group has a lot of wealthy benefactors. South Florida, there's a lot of wealth in South Florida. Everyone knows that listening to this podcast. There's a lot of people living in South Florida that are wealthy that want to help the University of Miami. Um, because, you know, look, a lot of people take pride in South Florida, in the University of Miami, because it's an example of the excellence of South Florida. Uh, you know, whether that's academics, whether that's healthcare, or, you know, bringing the community together through athletics. People want to be a part of that. So when I see misrepresentations out there about Miami's NIL situation, I think it's best to address it. And again, I hope the university hears this 
and understands that the messaging needs to be stronger, that the collective is in a good spot. I can tell you, Gabby, I, I'm not naming them because I think these benefactors want to be quiet behind the scenes, real G's move in silence, but there's five to 10 big money people that I know are, are involved in this collective and there's plenty of more generous people as well. Um, and, you know, this NIL space is going to be vital in this, you know, two to three window, two to three year window before players become employees, whenever that happens of, uh, you know, trying to get this program off the ground. And I, and I have been told, you know, I think this collective is confident they can get close to that 10 to $15 million number they need to number one, attract the top, top talent that they need to attract to the athletic department and keep rosters together, uh, you know, retain that talent as well. So, and I'll say this too, and I'll end this rant. Uh, this is a big reason why I believe Mario Cristobal is a strong fit for Miami. We all know he's a tremendous recruiter, but a lot of those traits also extend to this important fundraising phase of being a head coach. Uh, Mario Cristobal, of course, has a lot of connections in South Florida. Uh, and, and, you know, I've covered a lot of coaches that are awkward in social settings, awkward around potential big money donors. They're just kind of football guys who want to do football, right? But Mario Cristobal thrives in these settings. He owns a room and generating that big money support is not going to be an issue for him. So that, that's an important piece to the puzzle in this modern day of college football. And I would just say, look, there's, you know, again, I hope life while it thrives. Uh, but if things do turn out as things appear to be turning out via the reporting going on, um, you know, Miami's NIL is going to be in good shape no matter what. And I think the university should do a better job of projecting that messaging out there. I mean, I, I agree. And I think that's something that, again, I think that there's such a misconception about Miami's NIL situation that it's John Ruiz or bust. And I mean, we know, David, that that's, that's not at all the case. And again, I think we're starting to see, you know, proof that, that, that that's no longer the case. And, and look, I mean, if you're fault, I, I feel like, you know, the Canes connection has kind of moved in silence. I think like Radakovich just first uh, acknowledged it, uh, you know, just recently, right. um, but I mean, it has been in place for a while. And if you go, if you look through the list of guys who have already signed deals with the Canes connection, I mean, it's, it's literally all of, you know, the big name guys, it's the Francis Mamago and Samson Akinlola, Matt Lee, right. JV and Cohen and Nathaniel Joseph and Ruben Bain. Like, you know, this, this is, this is not new. Like this is not something that they're, that they're scrambling at at the last minute. There's plenty of of players in Miami's NIL space. And yes, publicly John Ruiz is the face of Miami's NIL. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, that's because, you know, he's someone that's very active he wants on that smoke, right? Yeah. He wants, he, he's, he's asked for that. He he's on Twitter. Uh, you know, he's loud uh, again, which is fine, which is totally fine. I mean, he right. has passion for the program. That doesn't but, bother me in the least. Let me say right, that. But right, on the flip no. side, it does put a target on your back. Definitely. And if things don't go the way you would hope them to go, people are going to dance on your grave. Which I think is what's happening now with this reporting, yeah. right? People are saying, oh, life while it's dead, Miami's NIL situation, it's dead. And that and that's so far from the truth. But again, I think like what you're saying, David, I think it's such a great point is that I think as like at the university, 
I think they need to do a much better job of saying, hey, let, like, yes, John Ruiz is a big part of what we're doing, but we have so much more going on that should, and that should have people extremely excited about, you know, the future of this program and what we are still able to do in this extremely competitive space where we see how these high per- pressure situations boil up and Miami has an answer for it. Like Miami's yes. not like Miami's Miami didn't, you know, buck down and be like, Oh, like, we, like, like we're going to lose our quarterback. What do we do? It's like, no, it's like, you can step up to the plate and be like, we're going to get this done for you because you're, right. you're our quarterback and we're not going to let you just walk out the door over something like this. And they're able to accomplish what they want to do. Honestly, pretty quickly, like just considering when this Absolutely. really kind of hit really the open kind of airwaves or however you want to call it. And then to the point where it finished, really, it felt like it was like a 24 hour span where the point where this became yep. kind of relatively public knowledge to kind of a public spectacle to this is done. And I think, you know, there's a lot, I think, you know, the Canes connection people, everyone that got this done. I mean, again, I think it's a testament to what they're capable of doing and what Miami is still able to do despite all this noise around John Ruiz and all that stuff. So Miami's NIL situation is in a very good spot. No, you know, it's not just John Ruiz. There's plenty of other people and people publicly, again, think that John Ruiz is the only guy and that's so far from the truth. And I think that's something that should bring a lot of comfort and peace to the mind of, of Miami fans. And again, I think you were, I mean, spot on David, I think the university really needs to do a better job or just people around the program need to do a better job of making it known, making it common knowledge that that's not the case. Right. And again, this is all goes down to recruiting, recruiting perceptions, reality. Yes. The Miami needs to, as a university needs to empower Kane's connection and just in my opinion, just because you empower Kane's connection doesn't mean you're taking anything away from Life Wallet right. and John Ruiz. Again, people around the program love Life Wallet and John Ruiz. They don't have anything bad to say about them, as they should. And I think like, John Ruiz is even involved in a certain capacity with the Kane's connection. It's with his connection or blessing, I guess I right. should say. So, yeah, he's been aware of this Kane's connection this whole time. So it's not something that's like an either or situation. Correct. Um, John Ruiz is aware of Kane's connection, has always been. And, uh, you know, they're a team in some ways. So uh, that's all I got to say on that. Any more pros, you think, or should we go to the cons? Yeah, I think maybe we can move to the cons. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later. And the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride 
in our finances. So, you know, this is just like, again, this isn't a Miami thing. This is a, in my opinion, this is just like a modern day college football, figuring this out as we go. Uh, but this type of stuff, to me, makes a tough statement to the rest of the team. You know, and what I worry about with this type of stuff is, and I'm not saying Tyler did anything wrong. I personally don't have an issue with what Tyler did. Go get your money. If people will pay you what you're worth, go get it. Um, but does that send a message to the entire team of like, hey, if I hold out, maybe I can just get more money? And I don't know if there's a lot of self awareness in general with people who, you know, think maybe they're worth a little more than they actually are. And so I get concerned, like, hey, if a backup, whatever, says, hey, I need this much more money. Well, you're not Tyler Van Dyke, you're not the starting quarterback. So we're not going to do that. And then, you know, the guy enters the portal and gets whatever he can get somewhere else. And then your depth takes a hit. So I guess what I'm saying is locker room dynamics, team dynamics. This is all at play with NIL. This is nothing new, but from a Miami standpoint, this kind of just amplified things uh, here with, again, eight days to go uh, with the portal spring portal window open still. Yeah, I would say, I mean, just kind of similarly along those lines, I, 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 my biggest question is just like, what does this kind of tell the rest of the team and you know really like how Tyler Van Dyke has to kind of walk back into that locker room and just be like hey guys I, I mean I feel like in some ways he has to kind of address what just happened I think he needs to be transparent to at least the team to his people about what happened and just be like you know this is because again I mean in some ways it does look like like well if Miami didn't come back to the table with what they did I mean, is there a good chance Tyler Van Dyke just kind of walked out post spring and was going to so. the University of Alabama? Yeah, I think that's a very real possibility. And I think that there is something to be said about like, yeah, I mean, again, that's kind of the timing isn't ideal. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think that that's the right time to necessarily do all that stuff. Again, Tyler Van Dyke has to do what Tyler Van Dyke has to do. But I mean, I'm not personally a huge fan of the timing. I think, especially when you're the quarterback of fates of the program, Mario Cristobal went and got Shannon Dawson to specific, right. like to tailor to your specific skill set. He, you know, that, that offense is air raid offense is outside of Mario Cristobal's uh, comfort zone. Like this is not what he has traditionally done. And I think a lot of moves that Miami made this off season were specifically to, you know, get the most out of what Tyler Van Dyke can do out of his skill set so that he can have a great season. Because like we said earlier, he does have NFL aspirations. And I think Miami believes that he can be an NFL quarterback. And I think that they did a lot to maximize, uh, you know, his, his potential with all the moves that he made. And I think he potentially could have left Miami in a really, really tough spot. And again, I think that that's something. Then again, I think it's just a part of this new era of college football where it's just, you know, and look on the flip side, there's players. If, if let's say a, a cornerback that did the same thing. I mean, you we're seeing it right now. Like people are transferring, people are moving programs and at other positions, you know, things like this happen. And we just kind of like shrug our shoulders and be like, all right, right. what's, what's available. Like, can we go get this guy? 
but I think at quarterback specifically, where it's such a position of leadership, where it's, you know, yeah. kind of you, we, we go as you go type of position, I think to do all of this, and maybe it wasn't intended to be this, again, big public thing that it ended up becoming, I'm sure they would have loved to have just allowed this to happen behind the scenes and then just figure this all out. But I think once it kind of did become public, I think that there is naturally just like a dang dude, you know, that that kind of sucks that this even almost happened again. You got to tip your cap to Miami for getting it done and not allowing it to happen. But the idea that it was something he was strongly considering, I think, uh, you know, again, is a con in all of this where it's just like, man, this is this is just really an unfortunate situation and could have been, you know, I don't know if catastrophic is too strong of a word, because, again, like you said earlier, David, I think they would have figured it out. But, man, this is not a fun thing to have to deal with. Yeah. And I think building on your point, you know, this puts Tyler in a tough spot again he did it he wanted you know he wanted to go pursue things this way but the reality of these you know the result of these actions is also um, he's now going to be viewed as a professional by teammates by coaches by the fan base so you know I, I do think it's fair to say Gabby a lot of people weren't exactly thrilled with the way this all played out because he did get a, you know, NIL deal in the winter as well. Um, but again, he had the leverage, he used it. Um, and I'll say this too, look, he got fair market value for what quarterbacks get paid. Um, you know, he, I'm not going to say numbers, but like, I know what Jordan Travis makes at Florida State. Tyler is in that ballpark. Quite frankly, Jordan Travis makes more than Tyler. Uh, but now Tyler is in that ballpark, which I think is fair. Um, again, could this have not played out publicly messy as it did? I think from a university standpoint, from a football program standpoint, this needs to be a, a, a learning moment. And again, we're all working through this new era of college football. We're all just learning as we go. But these conversations need to happen constantly, I think, with your program's best players. Are you happy? You good with, you know, your NIL deal? How you, you feel good about everything? You know, that communication needs to be constant. Maybe it needs to be someone that's, you know, employed in the right. athletic department. Like someone specifically who's in charge right. of, of making sure that everyone's good, like a, like a morale person and, or something. And that person would have to have really hard conversations as well, where it's yeah. just like, yeah, sorry. Uh, you know, yeah. we got to be realistic with where you're at. Uh, yeah. But for a player like Tyler, those conversations and that person's job would be vital to not letting this type of stuff happen. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561 561- Five seven three four six six one, and here's the beauty: when you refer someone to Star, he will donate two hundred and fifty dollars 
to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. So what should we expect now out of Tyler in 2023? Just big picture. You know, I think he had a solid spring. I think he had a solid showing in the spring game. Spring games, yes. Whistles are late. Sacks are questionable both ways, right? right? Whether they count or don't count. But at the end of the day, I think it was fairly obvious Tyler's more comfortable in this uh, new offense. We can hyper-analyze a spring game as much as we want. It was vanilla. At the end of the day, he went 22 of 29 for 280 and three touchdowns. Uh, what should we expect out of Tyler in 2023? Can he be, for a 12-game season, what we saw at his best in 2021 yeah again if we're talking about expectations i think i think that i think that is i think that should be the expectation i think uh tyler van dyke should have you know high expectations i think that he should be expected to deliver at a high rate i think he should be expected to you know be one of the acc's best quarterbacks i mean he's again you were talking about he want i feel like when he made this whole move again he's kind of putting on his back, like, you know, he's approaching this like a professional. I think he should be evaluated like a veteran college quarterback. And I think he should have expectations that I'm not saying he has to go out there and win a Heisman trophy or like the Maxwell award or anything like that. But I think that he cannot be a question mark. It can't be the the ups and downs of Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, this is what year four for him, right, David, this is his fourth year in college. He's an older guy. I think he, you know, seems like he has a grasp on this offense I mean, I think that Tyler Van Dyke needs to, needs to be the, a guy that elevates the team. I think we need to see, you know, really, really promising numbers reminiscent of that 2021 season under Rhett Lashley. But again, he's two years older now. I mean, he should be a significantly better quarterback in 2023 than he was in 2021. And he had a really good year. Uh, so, you know, I think we need to see consistency from him. I think, uh, you know, again, I'm not saying he has to be perfect, but uh, I, I think we sh- I think there should be an extremely high standard for what Tyler Van Dyke delivers in 2023, just considering, you know, all of this. I mean, you want to play in the NFL. I think he needs to prove that he's an NFL quarterback uh, here this this season. And I think if he does that, Miami's going to find, uh, you know, success. So I think that, uh, again, I, I, I I'm encouraged about what we've seen from Tyler Van Dyke over the course of the spring. I mean, the spring game is the spring game. I think it's the only time anyone can ever truly evaluate these guys because it's the only time that they're actually playing anything close to what real football is, even though it's not even really that. Um, So I get that. But I think Tyler Van Dyke has shown that he's improved. I think he's shown that he has a grasp on this offense. um, And I think he's proven that he is, you know, again, a a potentially big time quarterback in this sport. So uh, I hope that he just continues to prove that in 2023 as he goes you know, and takes that next step in his career. Yeah, I think Miami stepping up to the plate like they did shows they believe that he can be yeah. that guy. So um, I think it's fair to expect that out of Tyler. I think he would expect that out of himself. And, uh, you know, now it's about just going out and performing and uh, getting the results. So let's get out of here on this, Gabby. So this whole Tyler thing is transfer portal adjacent. Right. Like it never really got to the transfer portal part. Uh, but this, the, as we keep referencing, the transfer portal is open for eight more days. Um, I would assume this whole Tyler thing 
put things on pause for, I don't know, 48, 36 hours as Mario Cristobal was all hands on deck with getting this Tyler thing figured out. Uh, Miami has, we'll talk about it in another podcast, but Miami's picked up some high school commits. But what what are what are some of maybe the latest names to know transfer portal wise that you're hearing? Yeah, I think that there's two big names that at least I'm I'm aware of right now. I think the first is Taiwan Malone, uh, defensive tackle out of Ole Miss. I mean, listed on the Ole Miss baseball website as six foot four, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Uh, I, I mean, we've talked countless times about how defensive tackle is a massive. Tell us his need. baseball stat. Yeah, his baseball stats aren't great. I think this. I think I know, this year in but 20, it's funny. In, I think this year he's hit, and this is just like off my head, just off the top of my head from when I wrote it. I think he's hitting one hundred on the year. His only hit has been a home run, and I think as a, I think as a yeah, I just I mean he's not a fantastic <laughs> baseball player. And to, I mean to his credit, Ole Miss won a national championship last year, so right. he plays at a really good program. Uh, I think in 2022, um, he didn't get a ton of at-bats, but I think he hit like two home runs in like 18 at-bats or something like that. I'm, yeah. I'm not 100% sure. It's impressive about he could play. And, right. The fact that he could swing know. it and like, you know, when he makes contact, I mean, he doesn't have it's to hit dangerous. it the way, you know, everyone else has to has to necessarily square it up to get it out of the ballpark. If he elevates it, there's a pretty good chance it's getting out of the ballpark. Um, but yeah, you know, he's, he's a baseball player and, you know, he apparently really likes baseball and just kind of talking to people who are familiar with him. I mean, people think he would be an absolute monster if he just fully focused on football. Um, you know, again, he played in the sec. He's, you know, again, not, he was a top hundred recruit. Is that, yeah, he was like a top, I think he was like the number, I think on the composite, he was like the number 64 overall player. Uh, so he was again, big time recruit, big time body out of Bergen Catholic in New Jersey. That's an area Miami wants to recruit. Uh, you know, again, they just got Juan Manaya, who's an offensive lineman from Paramus Catholic, who's a big part of that Catholic, you know, league in New Jersey that also has like Don Bosco, again, Bergen Catholic, Paramus Catholic, a couple of schools like that. Um, so I think Miami's really, really involved there. Again, just talking to people, it sounds like Miami's one of those schools uh, who he is strongly considering. This isn't just re- interest from Miami's perspective. Uh, I think this is this is very much reciprocated uh, considering the need. So Taiwan Malone is definitely a name along the interior defensive line that I would uh, you know watch out for. And you said a couple names. Who's the other name? Yeah. Okay. Jaden Davis, the Oklahoma cornerback transfer. Uh, I think he started like 23 games for the Sooners over four seasons is, a you know, originally from out of Fort Lauderdale, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. So a local kid, he was also a, a, a four-star prospect coming out of, out of high school. I think he was class of 2019, but again, he, he, he's appeared in 50 games, uh, you know, at that, at Oklahoma, which of course is a really good program. I think he kind of thought about transferring last season, but Brett Venables, uh, you know, just kind of reading up on that situation, Brett Venables really fought to keep him, uh, which is a good sign. Brett Venables, again, one of the most, one of the best defensive minds, I, I at least of my personal generation of just kind of coming up and watching uh, college football. I mean, he's, you know, led, of course, that Clemson defense uh, as they, you know, started that, you know, big time run that they went on and are kind of still on uh, to an extent. Um, so, I mean, started, I think it was like 10 games for, you know, Brett Venables last year. Uh, again, he's in the transfer portal. I believe he's visiting Illinois this weekend, uh, but I expect him to be at Miami next weekend. Next, not next weekend, next week sometime, midweek. Um, and I, I think Miami's in a really good spot to potentially close that one out. And again, Miami's looking for cornerbacks as well. So uh, yeah. Jaden Davis is someone who could potentially help. Yeah, Jaden would bring both depth, which I think they need depth at corner. I think you need four or five corners that you feel comfortable playing he would add to that group 
also too, he brings starter potential. He's 5'10", 180 ish. Um, you know, I, I, he's primarily played on the outside at Oklahoma, but uh, he's got that slot body type, and I think he yeah. could play the slot too. Uh, you know, he he's kind of similar, maybe a slightly more talented Daryl Porter is how I would yeah. characterize him. Which I think they're built fine. very similar. Yeah. Right. He would, I think he would definitely go get in there and push Daryl Porter. I don't know if he'd push Devontae Brown, but I think he'd push Daryl Porter. Right. And raise the floor of that group, which they yes, need to do. For sure, for sure. Um, all right. We'll get out of here on that. Appreciate Evan for listening. Um, Gabby, good stuff covering this uh, Tyler Van Dyke thing. It's a tricky okay. thing to cover, but I'm proud of the way we covered it. For sure. And um, appreciate everyone for listening. And until next time, take care. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.